Welcome to the spin cycle, at least a mini spin cycle. I'm Maggie Sarachek. And I'm Abby Greenberg. And together we are the Anxiety Sisters. sisters welcome to our abridged version of our show things have changed a little bit since the last show recorded actually a lot i would say so how's your anxiety mags um i am managing my anxiety but it is definitely present yeah (laughs) Um, i am using my techniques a lot me too Me too. And we know that even for people who weren't previously anxiety sisters and brothers, they now are. Yeah, we've been getting inundated with messages and emails from people who are saying things like, I have never been an anxious person before. And apparently now I am. It's interesting. I've had some emails and communications from people who have been longtime anxiety sufferers. And, you know, for some of us, this has heightened in our, our anxiety. And other people are saying to me, yeah, now the rest of the world sees what I go through on a daily basis. Yeah, that is true. I have um, I have a family member who never understood my anxiety, like sort of always made me feel a little bit bad about it. And she's just yeah. really anxious right now. And I, I know this sounds terrible. And I'm just, I'm sure she's not listening to this podcast, but I'm a little delighted that she at least understood. <laughs> Is that evil? That's, I think that's evil. Some people are saying they don't have more anxiety than they usually have, but now the rest of the world has sort of caught up to their anxiety level. Yeah. I have to say for me, my anxiety is definitely heightened right now, but I am figuring out how to use my techniques and keep managing it. Yeah. I, I just have to say as someone who suffers from illness, anxiety disorder, and yeah. I have contamination issues with my obsessive compulsive disorder. So it's, it's been a rough go. <laughs> it is so I'm wearing gloves in my own bathroom now. <laughs> we, what we've decided to do is interrupt our regular season. Um, we were in the middle of season three of our Spin Cycle podcast, which was coming out monthly. And so we have put it on hold and we're interrupting this month's release in order to bring you these mini podcasts. And we're going to try to do these a couple times a week so that uh, we can reach people and talk about things that are more relevant right now. Right. And hopefully we'll have a few laughs in the process. I have to say that I am coping by watching episodes of The Office every single day. Yeah. The Office is great. The Office is a great anxiety show. It really is. I watched the pool party episode from season eight. You know, the one where Robert California goes into the pool naked. Oh my God. Yeah. Hilarious. Every single time it makes me laugh and gives me like, you know, 28 minutes of reprieve from my, from my obsessional thinking. Yep. So let's start today's podcast with okay. uh, a coronavirus meme of the day. Oh, okay. Okay. I saw this great meme on the internet and it said, before coronavirus, I used to cough to cover a fart. Now I fart to cover a cough. <laughs> that is good. I like that one. <laughs> I thought of you. <laughs> I like that one. Um, All right. So what are we going to talk about today specifically? Okay. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about panic or acute anxiety, you know, because there's so many awful physical symptoms that make you think you're, 
dying or that you're dealing with the coronavirus? Because a lot of people are writing to me saying that when they're panicking, they're just feeling like they're having trouble breathing and they're connecting it to that's one of the symptoms of the coronavirus. And someone else wrote me that he actually made himself think he was having a fever because he started shaking all over. Yeah. And I actually spoke with someone yesterday who's developed a dry cough and yeah. is worried about it. But as we know, coughing can be an anxiety symptom. So yes. it's a very it's a very scary time because we don't really have definitive answers. And we should just start this by saying that Mags and I have no medical training between the two of us whatsoever. None. Two, None two, two neuroscience courses does not doctors make. Right. So, um, so we just want to tell you that we're not going to be talking about medical recommendations. We're not going to be telling you how to handle this pandemic. CDC.gov has great recommendations and that's what we're following, but we don't have any answers medically. So we're just going to yeah. start talking about mental health. Yes. We are talking about anxiety during this time. We are pandemic anxiety experts. <laughs> So can I first say, Mags, that we like to call panic spinning. Right, right. You can call it panic. You can call it spinning, whatever you like. We call it spinning because for us, it A, describes the experience. And we we know our brains, when we they hear the word panic, since we're anxiety sisters, our brains think it's a command to panic. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. I find that I find that term very anxiety provoking. So we say spinning. So if you hear us talking about the spin cycle or spinning or going out for a spin, we're talking about panic or acute anxiety. Right. And you can call it anything you want because a few of you have written to me lately saying that spinning is making that idea makes them anxious. So I'm like, feel free to call it anything you want. That's true. If you have vertigo, spinning is probably not the best word. So so anything you want to call it, potato, potato. But in any case, that's what we're talking about today. So let's start by talking about what's actually going on in your nervous system when you're having anxiety or, you know, acute anxiety. Yeah, why don't you explain that? Should I do that? Should I do a little neuroscience? Yes, go ahead. So we all have something called the autonomic nervous system or the ANS. And that's basically the system in our body that regulates all of our bodily functions like breathing and blood pressure and heart rate and digestion and our temperature. It's all those automatic and unconscious things that happen in our body. The ANS regulates that. And So we're not aware of it happening. In other words, we don't have to tell ourselves, take a breath. We do it automatically. We don't have to say, you know, heart, please beat. It does. These are things that happen, you know, automatically, hopefully. Uh, So our ANS is in charge of that. And the ANS has two modes or two ways of responding to the stimuli in our environment. The first way, which we anxiety sisters are so familiar with, is the sympathetic response, which is Mm -hmm. what we often call fight or flight. It's when you're feeling or freeze. It's when you're feeling revved up. That's when your blood pressure is higher. Your heart rate is faster. Your temperature might be slightly elevated. Your digestion will stop or slow down because it's all of the things that are happening when you are are preparing to face a threat. So evolutionarily, Mags, what's going on? Mm -hmm. So basically, this is the time where you know, in the, in the past, right. In the, in the far past, when, when we were living under constant threats, most of our, our ancestors life was spent trying to acquire food, right. And eat and keep from being eaten and keep from being eaten. So we needed a really strong fight flight or freeze system in order to make sure that 
you know, while we were trying to find some be- some berries to eat, we weren't being bitten by a snake or being confronted by some sort of wild animal or, or another tribe. So we constantly had to be vigilant. We really couldn't live in a state of too much relaxation. So that's um, sort of evolutionarily where the sympathetic system comes in. It's that it's yeah. our prepare for disaster mode. Right. Or be in disaster mode. Right. Yep. right. And so you would either be ready. If you were confronting a saber-toothed tiger, you'd either want to fight that tiger. You'd either want to flee from that tiger, or maybe you would want to freeze and play dead. So maybe the tiger would leave you alone. But that's yeah. sort of what, the res- what our evolutionary responses are in the sympathetic system. Right. And we anxiety sisters tend to be in, spend a lot of time in the sympathetic mode, unfortunately, uh, because we have sugar happy brains. Right. Um, so we, we like often perceive that we're in real danger, even when we're not in immediate or, or substantial danger. Correct. Which is why sometimes we find ourselves in the sympathetic response when we are in our favorite restaurant or at a birthday party or in the, in the park with our kids. It's in like a mall. in a mall. So let's talk about the other mode because we said there were two. So now we have the sympathetic mode, which is the stress response. And then we have something called the parasympathetic mode. And that's the peace response. That's the opposite of the sympathetic mode. That's when your body slows down and your blood pressure is lowered and your heart rate comes down, your temperature is lowered, and your body is prepared to nap or digest your food and everything kind of slows down. And if that sounds really relaxing, it is. That's exactly what that is. That's the chill system. And we anxiety sisters, that's our goal, is to spend much more time in the parasympathetic mode than we do in the sympathetic mode. And the kinds of things that cause the stress mode would be, you know, stressful situations, aka, you know, a global pandemic would definitely qualify for that. But also other things like chronic anxiety and, and hormonal changes and vitamin deficiencies. I mean, all the things that we've talked about for years can cause you to stay in the sympathetic mode. But right now, we're really talking about coronavirus-induced sympathetic mode. Right. And, and the goal is to get back to the parasympathetic mode or the peace and rest and digest response. Right. Because even though obviously there is a real threat right now out there, it's not healthy for our bodies or our minds to live in threat mode all the time. Because it kind of means that we can't, when we're in that kind of threat mode, can't even make really good cognitive decisions because we're really in that fight, flight, or freeze. We're like running for our lives every second. So we can't even sort of think about and make the best decisions for ourselves and the people around us. This is true. And it's a pretty uncomfortable way to live. (laughs) Trust us. We know. Yeah. So the people say, well, how do you get to the parasympathetic nervous mode, right? How do you get out of sympathetic? Well, the easiest and cheapest way to do it is through a process called diaphragmatic breathing. Right. People are like, really? That's what you've got? Breathing? Yes, we do. We've got breathing. And, and let's let, just hear us out for a minute here. When your sympathetic nervous system is in charge, your breathing is very shallow and rapid right? It could almost be like panting. And that could uh-huh. be why some people feel like they're short of breath as well. What's happening is you're inhaling and exhaling so quickly that you're, you're using a, just a tiny fraction of your lung capacity, right? Just the very top of your lungs. And that also explains why people, um, some of people hyperventilate when they panic because I do. they're, yeah, because they're only breathing from the top of their lungs. They're not taking full breaths. It's called chest breathing because that's the part of the body that moves when you inhale. And if you think about it, if you go running, 
you're, you're breathing from your chest. And which is why when you see someone who's run quite a long distance, when they stop and bend over, you can see their chest heaving. Yes. Because that's what people are doing. They're breathing from their chest. However, if you can slow down your respiration, I mean, really, really slow it down so that you can actually fill up your belly with air when you inhale. Not only are you using your lung capacity, but you're also using the part of your body called the diaphragm, which is that muscle that separates your chest from your stomach. So that's where the term diaphragmatic breathing comes from. It's, it's actually bringing in the breath all the way into your belly. And the way you know you're doing that is if you put your hands on your belly right now and you take a deep breath, you should feel your belly move. If your belly doesn't, then you're doing chest breathing. So what you want to do is lengthen your breath enough so that you can actually feel your belly fill with air. What we're trying to do is we're trying to signal to your brain that you're not in fight, flight, or freeze. Through this breathing, we're going to try to signal to your brain that you're in rest and digest. And think about it. If you're taking these slow, long, deep breaths, let's say you do 10 of them, what you're signaling to your brain is that you're not fleeing from anything. You can't be expecting a saber-toothed tiger to pop up if you're breathing nice and deeply. Okay. And then we just, before we practice, we want to tell you one more thing, that it's really important when you're doing this, when you're breathing in, you breathe in through your nose. And when you're breathing out, you breathe out through your mouth. Yes, correct. Just 10 diaphragmatic breaths can engage the parasympathetic response. So if you think about it, you are always only 10 breaths away from reducing your anxiety. So should we practice? Yes. We want to tell you that on our website, on our our homepage, under what's new, we have a breathing gif that we stole from the internet. It says, if you have anxiety, take deep breaths in sync with this. And it has a picture of a little, it starts with a triangle and it turns into this lovely ball type shape. So it's actually a very soothing thing to look at. And the way that it works is that if you count it out, it would go like this. Inhale, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. That's the pace of it. And as you get better at it, you can actually lengthen your breath even more. And you don't have to use this, Jeff. You can do it on your own. The more your body starts to relax and your lungs start to loosen, the deeper breath you'll be able to take. And some people get so relaxed, they can count to eight. (laughs) Um, and and really get themselves feeling almost high because when you get to that point, you release anandamide, which is your body's version of cannabis. You better tell my husband. (laughs) Mine too. (laughs) Um, You can actually release cannabinoids in your body. And here's the thing to remember, as you get better at it, the longer you can make your exhale, if you can make the exhale even longer than the inhale, that's what the science shows is best for us in terms of going into that rest and digest. Yes. But to start with, or even to end with, doing the GIF we have is going to help. Even though it's, you know, even though it's just four, four, it's going to help. We promise. Can we just talk people through doing it two or three or four times? If you want to. I think we should. Okay. Everybody ready? Inhale through your nose. Two, three, four. Exhale. Two, three, four. Inhale. Two, three, four. Exhale. Two, three, four. Inhale. Two, three, four. Exhale. Two, three, four. 
four. How did that do? Did you, were you able to do that? Yes. And it, that didn't, make, it, and it didn't make you hyperventilate? Cause I know that this sometimes makes you hyperventilate. No. Well, that's another good thing to say to people. If you're really in the middle of a panic attack for some people, this is going to be incredibly helpful for someone like me. When I had really unmanaged panic, breathing exercises were not something that helped me because it made me hyper. They made me hyperventilate. Well, that's why we're going to do more than one of these little mini podcasts because different techniques work for different folks. And sometimes the same technique that worked on Monday doesn't work on Tuesday. So we're hoping this will be helpful for a good many of you. It's certainly very helpful for me. And then our next podcast, we will do a whole different technique for those of us who find the breathing exercises hard. Now that my anxiety is so much more managed, breathing exercises are one of the best things that I do, but you know, don't push yourself to do something that doesn't feel good for you. Excellent. That is so true. Okay. To wrap up, we want to let you know of how we can be of help to you and your families during this time of crisis. So first of all, for those of you who don't already know, we have a panic button on our website. It's on our homepage in the upper right-hand corner, or unless you're on your phone. Sometimes it shows up in the middle if you're on your phone. Yeah, It's a panic button. It says, help, I'm having a panic attack right now. Do not be afraid to press that button. No one will come to your house <laughs> if you press right. the button. But it doesn't call 911. I mean, no, no, no. no. All, it, all it is is a recording of me sitting next to you and helping you get your panic under control. It's about a seven-minute recording and you can play it as many times as you want to. It's free. That button gets pushed thousands of times a month. We have no way of knowing who pushed it, only how many times it gets pushed, but it is free. And, and a lot of people say it's very useful. Uh, so there's that. Yes. Um, also keep tuning into our mini podcasts because even if one podcast doesn't speak to you, we are going to be sharing a lot of different techniques. And we're going to be doing these quite often. We're going to try to do them two times a week if we can. We try to. Yep. Yes. Also, we are having Zoom room office hours to answer anyone's questions or to just kind of gather together virtually and, and, you know, be connected with one another. Our first one is going to be this Friday, March 20th at three o'clock Eastern, 12 o'clock Pacific. And uh, we will post the link on our Facebook page and send out, if you're a subscriber, we'll send out an email blast with the link. So it's free and come on in and chat with us and we'll hopefully be collectively able to calm each other a bit, which would be nice. Yep. And we have a lot of podcasts already up. A lot of them should be very helpful. Tune in. Yeah. Listen to some of our older podcasts. We have 26 episodes to choose from. You can get them on our website. You can get them really anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, anywhere you get your podcasts. And they're free as well. You can and also- since you have time, if you like them, please leave us a review so other people can find out about them. Yes, that would be awesome. Also, we have written, Mags, did you know this? We've written more than 130 blogs. No, I didn't. Yes, no. we have written more than 130 blogs in the last couple of years. They are all on our website. They're all archived. So you can search for a particular topic and get a whole list of blogs to read if you feel so inclined. Oh, and here's some exciting news. Our e-course, which is regularly $99, you know, because we know money is tight right now, we 
want to run our e-course to help anyone who, who needs it. And we're charging $29. Yes. We've dropped the regular price to $29. And if that still feels like a hardship for you, please email us. Yeah. We don't ever want someone to be kept from helping themselves manage their anxiety because of finances. Absolutely. And you can also just direct message us on Facebook or send us an email. Um, on website and ask the anxiety sisters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Be more anonymous. Yep. Uh, but we will try really hard to get to everybody the same day. Uh, as you can imagine, we've been a bit overloaded in the last week or so, but we are trying to get back to everybody within 48 hours at the, at the most. We just want you to know that we are here for you, that even though we have to be here for you virtually, um, that's sort of how we're here for you anyway. So business as usual for Anxiety Sisters. We know this is a really anxiety-provoking time, lots of uncertainty and lots of disruption. But the one constant thing is that we all have each other. Right. We are, we are here for you and we're with you. So don't hesitate to reach out. Absolutely. And thank you so much for joining us. And remember, Anxiety Sisters don't go it alone. Abby and I have to go it alone when we're saying this sentence though. (laughs) Apparently. You've been listening to The Spin Cycle, an Anxiety Sisters production. Copyright 2020. All rights